Why not? Why can't I be the MVP of the league? Why can't I be the best player in the league? Lewis trying to get open, fires away! the real MVP. Are you upset with something? I just don't like you. You don't? No. We're talking about practice. Not a game. Not a game. We're talking about practice. I, I took offense to that. Stay off the weed. Hello and welcome to the NBA Rim Talk podcast with your host Kay Mack. This is the Irish basketball podcast that aims to keep you up to speed with everything that's going on in the NBA today. First of all, Happy New Year. You're welcome back for season two of this podcast. Thanks very much for choosing to listen to it again. Season two is going to be coming with you over the next 10 weeks. I'm going to have a new episode every single Friday. Each one of those episodes is going to have a specific player focus where we're going to be looking at some of the biggest and best names in the league right now. But on today's episode, I'm going to be giving a general overview of the new season, which started back on the 22nd of December. So I'm going to be talking about the NBA draft night, free agency, some of the big trades, and then we're going to be previewing the season and talking about all the contenders in both the Eastern and the Western Conference. Remember, you can get in touch with me on Instagram or on Twitter at RimTalkPod. So if you have any comments or questions or opinions that you'd like me to read out on the podcast, feel free to give me a shout. Now, if you're a first-time listener, I'd advise you to go back. We have plenty of content from last season that you might find interesting. And if you're one of my day one fans, I want to say thank you very much for coming back. I hope you enjoy this season. And all I'll ask in return is maybe that you can share this podcast with somebody else that you think might like it. We had some amazing growth over the course of the last season. And that's all down to you guys for sharing it. So thanks very much for that. I really do appreciate it. Now, just to pick up where we left off on last season, the Lakers won in the finals 4-2 against the Miami Heat and doing so, they picked up their 17th title, which ties Boston Celtics as the number one most successful franchise in basketball history. LeBron James, definitely the biggest name in the sport at the moment, he picked up his fourth ring and he achieved the dream that he set out to do when he moved to LA. He will, of course, have to pay a big thank you to Anthony Davis, the former New Orleans Pelican who cemented his superstar status and proved himself as one of the league's best last season. Miami really overachieved and they put up a very brave performance in the finals, but when it came down to it, they just didn't have the roster to match LA. Now, in the off-season, the first thing that we're going to talk about is the NBA draft. And for those of you who don't know, this is an amazing way of keeping the league very, very competitive. Basically, the teams that have the worst record in the league from last season... Those are the teams that get the higher picks in the NBA draft. And the likes of LA Lakers, who have a super team at the moment, they didn't have any picks in this draft night because they had traded them all away over the course of the last few years. So this keeps their league really, really competitive. And the number one pick is a really sought-after position. And on this occasion, it went to the Minnesota Timberwolves. And the Timberwolves is a team that I've been following for a couple of years since I started watching basketball first. They had a really good crop of young fellas that they had taken in the top three. For example, they had Andrew Wiggins, Zach Levine, Carl Anthony Towns. They were all under 23 and they were all really, really high picks. And I thought that that was a team that had an awful lot of potential. Now, if you look at where they are five or six years later, they actually haven't really progressed at all. They're still in the same sort of state. So it kind of shows how if your franchise is being badly managed from the top down, you're not going to be able to progress no matter how many picks that you get. 
On this occasion, they had the number one choice. They went for a guy called Anthony Edwards. He could have played basketball or football. He's a star athlete. He seems to be very confident in his own ability, as you would be if you were picked number one in the draft. And he seems to have made a bit of an impact already, which is good. The number two pick in the draft went to the Golden State Warriors, which is surprising considering they were winning titles only a couple of years ago. They had one of the worst records in the league last year, so they were able to pick up an athletic centre called James Wiseman. He's a huge guy, and he's exactly what they needed there. They still have Steph Curry, and they've got some talented ball handlers, but they've been looking for a big man for a couple of years, and James Wiseman looks like he could be the guy for them. Now, I'm going to focus on the third pick a little bit more. That was the most interesting one for me, and that is, of course, Lamelo Ball. Some of you may know he's the younger brother of Lonzo Ball, his dad is obviously LeVar Ball. He's been making a lot of noise for the last four or five years. Basically, if you've been following the likes of Bleacher Report, you would have came across this guy when he was only 14, 15, playing with his high school team. And even when Lonzo was getting drafted as the number one pick a couple of years ago, a lot of the talk was still about Lamelo and how good he was going to be when he eventually came along. Now, he didn't go at number one or number two, possibly because he didn't go through the college route. And we've talked about this on last season. The likes of Giannis Antetokounmpo and Luka Doncic are fellas that have been drafted from abroad, from Europe. The scouts in the NBA think it's a very risky thing to do because they don't have the same level of information as you would have with a guy that's gone through the college system. But the big advantage of taking a guy from a professional league is that he spent the last year or two playing against grown men. And, you know... He went to Lithuania first and played over there for a season and then he moved to Australia and played professional basketball down there. So he's coming back as a really hot prospect. He's tall, he's a really good passer, he seems to be a better shooter than his older brother and he's ended up in Charlotte who have been pretty poor over the last few years but you'll see now this season that they'll go on a much better run in my opinion and having one good player like that can really turn your team around. He's really going to be in the conversation for Rookie of the Year at the end of the season. One other honourable mention in the draft then goes to a guy called Cole Anthony. He was drafted low enough, in my opinion. He went at number 15 and he went to the Orlando Magic. I came across him a couple of years ago working with Chris Brickley on Instagram. And if you don't know who Chris Brickley is, you should check him out. He's a trainer. He used to work with the New York Knicks and then he went out, set up his own training facility in his own gym. He was backed by the likes of J.R. Smith and Carmelo Anthony and... He's very famous now within the league for putting on these clinics over the summer and having these tournaments and preparing people to go to the league. He takes everybody from high school players, college players, NBA athletes. And over the summertime, they have a competition, Black Ops Basketball, it's called, where some of the best players in the league meet up and get their workouts done with him. And he has been recommending Cole Anthony for a couple of years. He says he's got a very high ceiling. So if Chris Brickley is saying it, I'd be inclined to believe it. Now, that'll do for the draft. We're going to move on to talk about free agency. The biggest name that's contract was up this season was Anthony Davis. He has re-signed with the Lakers on a whopper contract, $189 million over five years. Now, it shows what a risk the Lakers took when they traded for him last year and they gave away so many good players to New Orleans. He could have just walked away this year and gone somewhere else. But I suppose it shows he's repaying his loyalty to them and they're showing loyalty to him by giving him a good contract. Obviously, he's going to want to stay there when their chances of winning again next season are so good. The next big name that was on the move was Gordon Hayward. And he left Boston Celtics after a disappointing spell there that was kind of riddled by injury. He's moved to Charlotte, so he's going to be linking up with LaMelo Ball there. And they've got a nice little team in Charlotte now because of him. 
Fred Van Fleet also re-signed for Toronto. He got an 85 million contract, which is remarkable for a guy that went undrafted. He was only brought in to play with Toronto because his college coach had gotten the job as head coach of the Raptors. But you can see how much he's come on over the last few years. He was sixth man of the year when they won the championship and now he's going getting a nice handsome reward for that. Bogdan Bogdanovic is a good player. He was meant to go to the Bucks, but I think they were accused of tapping him up or something. So that deal hasn't gone through. He's ended up in Atlanta. And another man that went to Atlanta is Rajon Rondo. He left the Lakers. So that's a good acquisition for Atlanta. Like Charlotte, they're a team that's really been struggling. But add somebody like Rondo to the mix. You've got a lot of experience. You've got an on-court leader and a veteran who will be able to show his skills to Trey Young, who's Atlanta's hottest prospect there at the moment. So no more than Charlotte, I could see Atlanta performing well in the East this season. A couple of big centres were on the move. The Probably the most controversial move of the summer was Montrez Harrell. He left the LA Clippers and moved across town to the LA Lakers. Sure, why wouldn't he? Based on last year's playoff performance, the Clippers, they really weren't up to it in the end and the Lakers obviously went all the way. The Lakers, in fact, have moved on their two centres that we spoke so highly of last year. Dwight Howard has gone to Philadelphia and JaVal McGee has gone to Cleveland and they've been very smart with their replacements. So they've got Harrell from their rivals and they've also got Marc Gasol from Toronto for just a... 5 million over two years, which seems like an absolute steal. Marcus All is a, an all-star. He's an NBA winner. His brother Pau played with the Lakers 10 years ago. And I think he's a really smart acquisition. The Clippers, in fairness to them, they've replaced Harrell with another good player. That's Serge Ibaka. He's gone from Toronto as well. So Toronto are after losing Ibaka and Gasol. And I think that could impact them a lot this season. In terms of trades then, the biggest trade so far has been John Wall. He's left the Washington Wizards. Him and a first round pick have gone to Houston. And in return, one of our favourites on the podcast here, Russell Westbrook, is gone to Washington. Washington are already 0-5 this season. I think there could end up being a bit of a laughing stock, which is very disappointing for Russ. I thought maybe he could put the team on his back there and he could put up some high numbers and some heavy stats over the course of the season. And he's got Brad Beal there to help him out, but... Just another one of those franchises that not well managed from the top down and because of that aren't going to do well. It'll be interesting to see how John Wall does in Houston. Houston are now on their third point guard in three different years. James Harden basically hasn't been able to get on with any of them and he has his own issues there where there's a lot of talk about him getting traded. I don't see a team that could have players you know, that Houston will accept but maybe if it's a three or four team deal they might be able to work out something. Another big deal that happened involving another favourite on the podcast here, Stephen Adams, New Zealand's finest product in the basketball. Shout out to all my listeners in New Zealand as well, by the way. Stephen Adams has ended up going to the Pelicans. So he'll be linking up with Zion Williamson in what's going to be a really powerful front court. Leaving the Pelicans and moving to the Bucks is Giroux Holiday. And then that's leaving the Oklahoma City Thunder with a lot of picks. They've ended up moving on Chris Paul and Dennis Schroeder and Stephen Adams. In return, Al Horford is going to be going there. But the main thing we're going to see there is we know from last season how OKC played kind of with three point guards and they played a revolutionary style. What they're saying here is Schroeder and Chris Paul, you're both allowed to go. And the one guy we're going sticking with is high potential, high ceiling, shy Gilligis Alexander. He had a really good season for them last year. So far this season, he's already got a game winner for them. He's a Canadian guy and he's got a bright future ahead of him. So Oklahoma, are they're stacking the team up with picks. They're going to go for a rebuild and that's kind of smart for them. 
the West is so stacked at the moment with really good teams that you could have a really, really good team and not even make the playoffs. So there's going to be a couple of teams in the league that will say to themselves, right, well, there's no point in us trying our best to, you know, barely scrap through to the playoffs. Let's just go on a little bit of a rebuild for a year or two, try and get a couple of high draft picks and maybe in two or three years' time, when some of these teams that are in their prime now have gotten worse, we'll be in a really good position to go and challenge them then. So that seems like really smart management from the Oklahoma City Thunder. Now I'm going to take a little break here and coming up afterwards I'm going to do a full preview of the Western Conference and the Eastern Conference and then we'll give some predictions for the year ahead and some things to watch out for as well. Dear Basketball. Welcome back. Now we're going to go through as many teams as we possibly can and give you a rundown on what they're looking like so far and what their prospects are for the year ahead. We'll start in the Western Conference, which is super competitive again this year. As we said previously on the podcast, it seems to have a lot better teams in it than the Eastern Conference does generally. And whoever comes out of the West will be fancying themselves to win the championships overall. We'll start with the defending champions, the Lakers. As we said before the break, they're after bringing in two fresh centres, Montrez Harrell and Pau Gasol, and they're going to freshen things up there and ensure that, you know, they stay hungry and that they're going to all want to be winning a title again next season. They've also gone with Schroeder from the Oklahoma City Thunder, Dennis Schroeder, the German basketball player. He's going in at the point guard spot. He's going in to replace Rondo, who they let go to Atlanta. I don't think he's going to start at the point guard position for them. I'd say it will be LeBron who's playing there normally, but it's a very, very good option for them to have. He's a really good defensive player. He's a good shooter. He had a really good run throughout the playoffs and down in the bubble with OKC. The Lakers have obviously seen something in him that says he could really add something to the team. And if everybody stays fit and healthy there, they should win the championship again, to be quite honest. Their crosstown rivals are the Clippers and they really need to dig deep this year. They're after losing Montrez Harrell and replacing them with Ibaka. But more importantly, they lost in the playoffs last year to the Mavs from a position where they were 3-1 ahead. They ended up losing 4-3. They absolutely capitulated. Now, I've heard some commentators say that that wouldn't happen in a normal season. That was maybe a one-off in the bubble because three of those games that they lost, two of them would have been home matches for them where they would have had the advantage of the crowd and that kind of thing. But when you're playing in the bubble, it was all to play for. But they really just rolled over too easy against the Mavs. And already this season, the Dallas Mavericks have handed them another whooping. Kawhi Leonard wasn't playing in this game, but it was an absolute blowout. They won by 50 points, which is as big of a victory as I've ever seen in my time watching basketball. So... They're after firing their head coach, Doc Rivers. He's gone to Philadelphia. They need more from their star players this year. The likes of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, all the talk was last year was that they would be able to go and compete for a title. And then when they lost, 
you have Paul George coming out saying things like, oh, we never thought we were competing for a title. We are just, you know, we're just trying to get the team together and try and build up a bit of chemistry. The likes of Pat Beverly, who's their point guard there, is a really tenacious player, a really enjoyable player to watch. And you'd like to have him on your team. But I worried early on in the playoffs last year when they were getting involved in some really petty antics with the Portland Trailblazers. It said to me that this was a team that didn't have a championship mentality. If they were going getting involved in these little scraps that they weren't thinking about the bigger picture and going out there and winning a title. So it'll be down to Kawhi Leonard to try and really drag them over the line. As far as I can see, Paul George has kind of been shown up time and time again as not as good of a player as he was made out to be initially. And personally, I will probably be kind of actively rooting against the Clippers this season. I wasn't a big fan of them last year. They're kind of the bad guys in the league at the moment and it'll be interesting to see whether they can improve and build on last year's disappointing start. One team that didn't have a disappointing year last year at all were the Nuggets. They had a really promising run all the way to the conference finals. They've got Nikola Jokic, who we know is probably a top 10 player in the league. Jamal Murray was a guy that took me by surprise. He played so, so well. They've got some young players coming through there as well. And they will look to, you know, get to the same stage again, if not go one step further and try and beat the Lakers. The Rockets are the next team, which I'd like to talk about. And as I said already, they've gone through three different point guards in three seasons. They've had James Harden for that whole time and he has been a scoring champion in the league. He's been an amazing player, put up a load of numbers, assists, points, whatever. But at the same time, when it comes to the playoffs, he hasn't done it. And in fact, he's never done it in the playoffs for them. So they'll be looking at him and thinking, is this a guy that we should be moving on? Are we going to stick with him? There's been some reports coming out of the camp that he's not happy. For example, there was an incident where he had a row with one of the rookies in training. There was another report that he was in a strip club during his time off and that that affected the quarantine and that he shouldn't have been doing it and all of the rest of it. So it looks to me like they're trying to get him out of there. But the only question is what team in the league is going to have enough cap room or have enough good players that they'll be willing to send to Houston in order to get him on their team. I don't know who the potential options are. Maybe the likes of a Toronto or a Miami could possibly move a couple of players on. But I actually don't know how that one is going to end up. Maybe he'll stay. Maybe he'll have a great season. If it clicks between him and John Wall, they could have a really, really good run. They also got DeMarcus Cousins or Boogie Cousins, as he's known. He's signed on a short term contract. He's a centre. He's had a lot of injury troubles, but he has a really good record of being a high scorer and a top, top player in the league. So there's a chance it could work out for the Rockets, but my money would be on it all falling apart for them. Oklahoma had a really high finish last year. And as we've already said, they're after trading out a load of picks and it looks like they're going to go for a rebuild. I think they could still have a good run this year. Shai Gillagis-Alexander is the player to watch out for. He's a really good scorer, but... I think they've they've left themselves short on superstar talent, so I wouldn't be surprised to see them missing out on the playoffs. The Utah Jazz, Dallas Mavericks and Portland are the other three teams that made up last year's playoffs, and they've all held on to their best assets, and they'll all look to try and improve again this season. Of those three teams, I'm particularly excited by Portland. Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, Carmelo Anthony and Nurkic would make up four of a really, really strong start in five. Particularly Damian Lillard, who had just 
an unbelievable bubble last season. He seems to have improved every single year that he's been in the league. They're calling him Logo Lillard now for his ability to shoot the ball from so deep. Personally, I think he's class. I really think that he could be in contention for an MVP for the regular season if it all goes well for him and he stays fit, flanked there by CJ McCollum. And then with the experience of Mello, I'd love to see Portland going on a good run. After that, my team to watch that didn't make the playoffs last year but had an amazing bubble run, as you'll remember, is the Phoenix Suns. Can Booker continue to step up and can he improve on last year's performances? I think so. I think they've been very, very smart in the trade market by getting Chris Paul. The 35-year-old point guard is a veteran. He's a on-court leader. He's there. He's going to be able to teach Booker. He's going to be able to hit game-winning shots, get lots of assists and create his own scores, just like we saw him do with Oklahoma. There was a bit of talk about him being finished, but he proved last season he's as good as any of the point guards out there. And I think his experience going into a setup like the Suns could really bring on the rest of the players there. And I'd like to see them have a really good run this season. Another team that's on the up or will want to be on the up are the Pelicans. They'll want to secure a playoff spot as Zion Williamson comes of age. They're going to try and get a little bit more out of him this season. As we know, they wrapped him in cotton wool last year so that he wouldn't get injured. But now is the time where he's going to hopefully get a lot more game time. And along with Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, JJ Redick, they've got some really, really good players there in New Orleans. Now, special mention to the San Antonio Spurs, who made history this week already. Their coach, Greg Popovich. Popovich, as you may know, is like a Sir Alex Ferguson or a Bill Belichick. He's just one of these coaches that's been around for years and years and years. He was ejected and his assistant there is actually a woman called Becky Hammond. So she ended up coaching the team on the court the last day. And it's the first time in history that a woman has coached in the NBA. I think it's a really, really good thing to see. I can't think of any other comparisons in any other elite sports around the world where there are are women coaching the men's teams. But she could be a trailblazer in this capacity. And it's one of the great things about the NBA, as well as being you know, racially aware and all the things that they did last year for the Black Lives Matter movement. They're also aware of, you know, the inherent sexism that happens in sport and stuff. So they're giving her an opportunity at the very top level. And that's great to see. The last team I want to talk about on the West is the Warriors. And the Warriors are a very interesting one. They went from being three-time NBA champions to being the lowest ranked team in their conference last season. That was obviously due to injuries, but they have Steph Curry back this season. Unfortunately, Clay Thompson is gone again, and that is a huge, huge loss for them. It'll be a big miss to see him playing. And when he is missing, not only are you missing him, but you're also make it much easier for teams to defend Steph. Because when you have the two of those guys on the court, you have to split your defenders between the two of them. Now, if you just have Steph and you don't have Clay, it's going to make it very easy for teams to try and close him down a bit better. But they'll need to, because as you may have seen on Instagram there during the week, Steph standing in the corner, shooting corner threes. And a good three-point shooter in the league would have over 40% of the shots being made. Obviously, we know Steph is a lot better than that. He's basically revolutionised the art of shooting. He stands in the corner there and he hits 105 consecutive threes. Now, the video has to be watched to be believed. It's about five minutes long. The ball is just getting popped to him. Somebody did the job of going back and counting through them all. He made 105 in a row before he missed. Very, very hard even to comprehend how good he is. But we'll see whether he'll be able to replicate that sort of form on the court. 
Now we'll go over to the East. The biggest talking point here is definitely the Bucks. The Bucks have had the best record in the whole entire league over the last two seasons, but they've yet to leave their mark in the playoffs. And they're kind of at risk of becoming a bit of a laughing stock for that because realistically you can be as good as you want in the regular season. But NBA basketball is all about the playoff basketball. Janice has signed a max extension with them and they've also got Drew Holiday which is going to help them out defensively but they need to develop another style of play. The accusations level at them is that they played the same way throughout the regular season all last year and then when it got to playoff levels they just weren't able to switch it up. They didn't they also they have a deep squad but they don't have the best five or six players and really when it comes to playoff basketball as well you're talking about you'd ra- you'd much rather have eight really high caliber players than to have 12 or 13 14 good players so they've made a couple of trades and hopefully for their sake they're going to improve as we've already said the raptors are after losing two of their big men and they could struggle the boston celtics are up and coming and they're still up and coming jason tatum already this season has looked like a new player. He's he's delivering big three-pointers and he looks like a guy that will be definitely willing to put his team on his back when it comes down to it, along with Jalen Brown and Kemba Walker. Another year together for those guys should suit them. I think the Celtics could be really in contention in the Eastern Conference this year. Indiana Pacers, they were one of the good teams in the bubble last season, but I think they may drop back. Along with Miami Heat, they've been able to keep most of their parts And they will hope to build on the likes of Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero, as well as getting the best out of Bam and Jimmy Butler. But I do think that last year might have just been a bit of a freak season for them. Everything lined up perfectly for them and they had a really, really good run. I think it could find it much more difficult this season. As well as that, another team in the East that needs to up their game is the Philadelphia 76ers. Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons have been there for three or four seasons now and they've failed to deliver every time. So they do have the potential to go on a good run and do something, but that remains to be seen. Now, the most exciting prospect in the whole entire league is definitely the Brooklyn Nets. This is a team I'm going to be very interested in watching this year. And the reason for that is they have got the return from injury of Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. And to be clear, Kevin Durant is, in my opinion, a top three player in the league. Kyrie Irving is probably in the top 10 to 20 bracket. He's proven that he can do it in clutch situations and he can be a match winner. So with the team they had last season, they played all year without these two guys and they've still proved to be a decent enough side, even though they were riddled with COVID and everything else. Now they have basically the same nucleus of that team, but you throw in these two absolute superstars they will be looking to go on a really, really good run and they'll be looking to win the East right from the start, I think. Orlando Magic had a decent season last year. They could build, but I'd say they could be in trouble with the likes of the Charlotte Hornets and the Atlanta Hawks getting some good moves in the market. They might be able to overtake them. I thought initially that Russell Westbrook might be able to drag the Washington Wizards over the line, but I'm not so sure about that now. And then just to mention... The likes of the Bulls and the Knicks and even the Cavs seem to be at a really low ebb there in the East. Just three teams that seem totally bereft of ideas. I don't really know any players that play for any of them at this stage. I think, you know, they need to start getting good picks and start using them wisely fast. The Pistons are another team that's in the East there that's worth mentioning. They're nice to watch because they've got two favourites of mine, Derek Rose and Blake Griffin. But realistically, they are two players that both peaked in about 2011 or 2012. So 
I don't know whether they're going to have the desired impact this season. And being the D Rose fan that I am, I was kind of hoping that he'd get a move out of there to one of the more high profile teams in the league. But we'll see how it goes. Now, I'm conscious of going a little bit over time this week, so I'm very quickly going to run through some of my predictions. So my predictions for the West Final, it's an obvious one. I'm going to go with Lakers and Clippers. I think that the Clippers will improve sufficiently to get there. If they don't, it'll be quite embarrassing for them. I do think the Lakers have the best team in the league, and if they all stay fit and healthy, it should be theirs for the taking. So my prediction for the West Final is Lakers versus Clippers. My prediction for the Eastern Final, I'm going to say Bucks versus Nets. Now, I know the Celtics, I do think the Celtics will have a really good chance of getting there, but I just think the Bucks will really need to get their act together in the playoffs. And I do think the Nets have the highest potential of any of the teams on that side with Kyrie and KD. So I'm going to guess that the Bucks will play the Nets there. For my finals prediction, I'm going to guess Lakers versus Nets in the finals. I would love to see the Nets win the East, do a bit of a Miami on it from last year, kind of come from nowhere and win it out. But if it comes down to it, I do think the Lakers are possibly going to win again and go back to back. I just think with LeBron there, he's just built differently and he'll be able to peak at the right time and bring them over the line. My prediction for the MVP, I'm going to go with Damian Lillard. I think that if everything works out for him, he's been building and building over the last few seasons. We saw the improvements he made last year. He can drag his team over the line in almost any situation. And if he can do that for the full season, I think he could be the most valuable player. And my rookie of the year, I'm going to go with LaMelo Ball. I think he started off in a very promising manner already. And I think he'll be able to continue in that vein. A couple of things to watch out for just before we go. The main one, where will James Harden go? Will he go anywhere? I'll be keeping my eye on this over the next while to see, is any team brave enough to take him on? Or is he going to stay in Houston? And if he does stay in Houston, is it going to click or is it going to absolutely fall apart? That'll be interesting. The next thing to watch out for is, will Kawhi Leonard play a bit more basketball than he has done in the last season or two? Kawhi has been managing his load. He's been playing... 50, 60 games a season rather than 70 or 80 games a season. And maybe he just hasn't had the chance to get that consistency with his teammates and get into a position where they're comfortable playing with each other in the playoffs. So maybe one of the things he might do is try and play a bit more. My next question was, will Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal be able to click? Will the Washington Wizards be able to make a bit of an improvement? My gut feeling on that at the moment is probably not, but we'll see. Another big question, can the Bucs prove it in the playoffs? They've spent two years being really good in the regular season, but they have not been able to do it when it really counts. So they're going to need to do it this year or else they're going to need to change their tactics. One more thing that we need to watch out for next year. This is absolutely music to my ears. I don't know how my listeners are going to feel about this, but the finals have been announced. They're going to be on in kind of mid-July. So the season is running now up until the end of April. About two weeks into May, then the playoffs are going to commence. They're going to go on for May and June. And by the time we get down to the NBA finals, we will be in the middle of July and we might be on our summer holidays or whatever. So we'll be able to stay up till all hours watching the basketball. I'm very much looking forward to that already. Now, I better wrap it up for the first episode back in season two. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed. I'll be back again next Friday and every Friday for the next nine weeks. And next week, we're going to have a player focus. And I can't think of any better player to start off with than the Lakers' LeBron James. So if you enjoyed the podcast today, please feel free to share it with somebody. Hopefully, you'll come back and listen again next week. And I hope you enjoy all the basketball that's going on at the moment. Okay, take it easy. Good luck.